It's a new show with some new tech. From the Magic Media Group, it's the Blockchain Gaming Podcast. Welcome to our new show, the Blockchain Gaming Podcast, brought to you by Magic Media. I'm Podrick Walsh, and in this podcast, we're going to explore the fascinating world of gaming using the power of blockchain technology. From developments in blockchain-based games to the impact it has on the future of the gaming industry, we will cover it all. So whatever you're doing right now, sit back, relax, let's get ready for an exciting journey into this world of new tech. In this episode, we're going to be looking at it in the perspective of a game producer. But before we do that, I would like to include in this series a little educational section on some Web3 literacy. In the blockchain world, it's it's proven time and time again that technology is evolving at an exponential rate. This, as a consequence, can be difficult for those with busy lives to keep up with the terminology sprouting up describing pretty revolutionary tech. With that in mind, let's help bypass this issue and learn what really is some of the terms out there in blockchain technology really mean. Web3 is a good place to start, so let's just go from there. Where does the 3 come from? Why is it there? Well, let's just break it down. So in order for it to be Web3, there must have been a Web1 and a Web2. So let's identify each. Web1 was the early days of the internet, the foundations of the web. The first iteration of the World Wide Web emerged in the late 1980s, early 1990s, out of the need for better data sharing amongst the scientific community. The term read-only web was coined by Tim Berners-Lee because while Web1 made it much easier to exchange information, you couldn't interact with websites. You could only read them, which has now become a defining point into how to identify what was Web1. So let's just call it the read era. Web2, the second iteration of the internet, flies in around the early 2000s, taking shape with the emergence of social media. Web2 created spaces for sharing and interactivity, ushering in a new model far beyond the limitations of just static web pages. The defining difference between Web1 and Web2 is the two-way flow of information. People started interacting with websites by sharing information or creating their own content. Think of platforms like Amazon, Google, Instagram and Twitter, as well as online shopping sites, web forums, P2P gaming sites and other social media. So with Web 1 being the read era, Web 2 can be the read and write era. Web 3 is the third generation of the World Wide Web. It's based on specific set of principles, technical parameters, and values that distinguish it from earlier iterations like Web 1 and Web 2. Web 3 envisions a world without centralized companies where people are in control of their own data and transactions are transparently recorded on blockchains or databases searchable by anyone. Overall, there's one important backbone for Web3 to happen, and that's decentralization. Decentralization means that there's not a centralized source of assets like money, for example, our modern banks today. With Web3, we wouldn't need banks because the technology allows itself to develop from users collectively. So Web1 is the read, Web2 is the read and write. Now we have Web3 being the era of read, write, and own. So when it comes to blockchain gaming, 
There will of course be similarities to free-to-play games built on Web 2 platforms like consoles, etc. But with Web 3, you as a player will be able to own unique assets within the game, whether it's your own avatar, unique weapons, powers, rare items, etc. You'll be the owner of the asset, and you'll be able to trade it with the marketplace, trade it with other players, and even exchange it for money. I'm forever grateful to have the opportunity to speak and learn from experts in the gaming industry. And today it's no different as we're going to be speaking with someone named Lazaro Raposo. He's a senior game producer at Starlip Studios with Magic Media. He's accomplished degrees and masters in multimedia and video game development. He even founded his own indie game studios, expanding in multiple avenues like console, AR, VR, the Internet of Things, for school, museums, and even science centers. He even plays jazz drumming on the weekend and got the chance to play on stage in the big music festival Rock and Rio. It's Lazaro by day and Jazzaro by night. Without further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Lazaro Raposu. Lazaro, welcome to the Blockchain Gaming Podcast. How are you getting on, man? Fine. Thanks for the invitation. No worries at all. No worries at all. So being a console game producer coming into the blockchain gaming world now, what has been like the biggest changes for your position and when producing the blockchain games? <clears throat> well, uh, actually for producing roles, uh, I don't find that much of a difference uh, since the process itself is uh, very similar. It requires very similar roles and processes to do the game just adds an extra layer uh, on top of it. Uh, for this layer, we would need different resources, but overall, for a producer, the process is, uh, of achieving the, the vision of the project remains uh, to be the same. The, the key thing when producing blockchain games is to deal with this like any other aspect uh, of a game. By dealing uh, with this, I mean checking the progress, allocating the right resources, uh, preventing uh, bottlenecks. Uh, let's just say we can't be having, you know, what it's the fan. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, definitely, prevention is far better than cure for that reason alone, I suppose. And like, any challenges with producing blockchain games in particular? Uh, I guess the challenges will always be the same, uh, blockchain or not which is primarily uh, managing and dealing with uh, change, uh, change in the projects. Okay, change. So like, what would be the best way then to manage change? Uh, that would be the use of agile methodologies, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, the changes can occur on several uh, aspects of the projects, like uh, change on requirements, change uh, in the team, if someone sick, for example, a change in the market, a change in the scope, budgets, and or time, and so on. Um, basically, as a producer, you need to act and react as quickly as possible to those changes because uh, making no decision is worse than taking a wrong decision. Hmm. Uh, because with a wrong decision, at least you get the opportunity to, to learn something, uh, whereas you get nothing from not doing anything. I get you, yeah. Very, very good point as well. Could you give me an overview on the blockchain gaming industry as a whole and how developing those games can be different? 
uh, well, uh, blockchain gaming uh, enhances the idea that you can actually earn from playing, making things mm. more centralized. Players can earn money buying and selling game NFTs, and that's good for the games company as well, because they can also profit from these uh, transactions. Uh, topped with that uh, is the fact that blockchain transactions are uh, very safe. Yeah. And like I can see, I can see how easy it will will be actually when you change from like a free to play game into pay to earn game. You you can already notice like in like for example, like Call of Duty, they have like the the, the guns, like all those guns can mm-hmm. are customizable now, and I can see them just transitioning that into NFTs as well. Like, would you think that'll be the same? Yeah, uh, it's it's um, it's normal. Uh... For example, uh, one thing that I sometimes I use to explain uh, to other people don't understand that much about about it. It's not if you think about it, it's not that much or that different uh, than the previous concept of in uh, in game uh, purchases. For example, mm. yeah, game purchases. Yeah, exactly, and like. Where is this niche industry going, do you know? Well, uh, like it's implied in the name, uh, it's Web3, it's the natural uh, evolution of the internet. Uh, mm. So I think it's a good guess um, to look at this with, let's say, similar eyes to what happened several years ago. Back then, when the internet became a real thing, the games adapt. And some of the best stuff we have nowadays started to appear, like for example the concept of MMO. Uh, before internet, MMO wasn't a thing because actually mm-hmm. it requires internet to to yeah, exactly exist. yeah yeah. And it was the split screens was the only <laughs> the only yeah, multiplayer. Yeah. The Those old... were the best. I love that split screen effect though. Like it's always really good. Although if you get too competitive, like myself and my brother when I was younger, we used to get the cardboard split it in the middle and we can only see our own <laughs> sides of the screen <laughs> so then the internet happened so that was fine cardboards became obsolete yeah i was there when internet appeared <laughs> i was there <laughs> <laughs> and do you uh do you miss the old sound on the computer you know the <laughs> yeah the, the analogic uh, uh connection yeah <laughs> tunes absolute tunes music to my ears it was like it was working it's working and um, I suppose, like, when you're speaking about Web3, I always found it fascinating why they called it Web3 is because it's, just, it's proof of the evolution of um, the internet because, like, Web1, back those, that musical time there at the computer, static info publications, just subscriptions, only had websites, one phase of information. Web2 is what we have now with social media platforms. We're able to exchange information and share and play multiplayer, for example. We, and then in comes Web3. We passed being, in, in Web2, we passed from being uh, just consumers to be creators uh, creators uh, as well. Nice. Yeah. Nice point there. This I like was that. The, the biggest difference. Exactly. And I, I suppose then the bigger difference on top of that now with Web3 is being the creator, but having your own data. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Nice. And then like with every industry, you're going to have movers and shakers in the industry. So what companies 
are really doing cool stuff at the moment and any any companies out there that are pioneering in this industry you now in blockchain gaming yeah when we talk about block blockchain uh, games um i think it's inevitable to mention axie infinity right one of the yeah, most nice. important nowadays if not the most important uh also, for example, if you are into fantasy league type games, you have Sorare. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally, I used to play, participate some fantasy leagues with my friends. Nice. And and this uh, this approach is a mix of 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 uh, that old school thing uh, when you collect football cards. You know. Mm, yes. Yeah. Match attack is what I had. <laughs> it, it was yeah, it was a thing back then. Uh, I used to have it. This means that I'm getting old. <laughs> well, you're not. You're not on your own there, buddy. I'm with. I'm right there with you. The match attack. Oh, we used to collect so many of them as well. And like, yeah, yeah. The books. You have books. You have books. Yeah, and... exactly, exactly. Now the, if it's the same thing actually, uh, but yeah. the only difference is that um, it's digital. You don't have it exactly, physically. Yeah. I still you just belong. You need a crypto wallet now. Exactly. I'm still. Be- I still belong to that generation who, who has this romantic, romantic vision of things. So I still <laughs> buy my own music records. Uh, nice. I, 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 I know mo- it will be uh, cheaper to buy uh, a digital game, but I like to actually own the physical stuff. I see. I like I see. to smell it. I like to touch it. Like to read the <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> I suppose when you mentioned records there, so what was your what's your all time favorite collection of the my, record? Sorry, my my. Yeah, your all time favorite record you've collected. Queen. Queen. Yeah, Queen. Nice. Queen is my favorite uh, band, but I have a lot of jazz records. Pink nice. Floyd, uh, Genesis, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, I'm an old school guy. <laughs> well, I can definitely see like the digital world coming in now and just creating those digital classics of the NFTs versions of all these. Like it will be digital collected. And I suppose the digitization of the world is is coming so quickly and so fast and it's growing so quickly. I can see this happening within a year or two with all these collectibles from the vinyls, from the records of all these artists and the classics. And, and these games though are going to be the forefront of this as well because it, we just know how big the gaming industry is. And this is just an extra uncapped part of the gaming industry. And it's, it's very exciting to see. With that in mind, what would be out there to look for? Like if you're interested. Um, so if you are interested in blockchain gaming, uh, the first thing that I would say for you to keep an eye on is the crypto market. Uh, mm. Because it's very volatile and unpredictable. Uh, mm. I can find um, some sim- similarities with uh, when the internet, uh, the boom of the internet oh, yes. uh, on the late 90s. The dot com, isn't the it? The dot com. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a teenager back then, but I had, uh, still remember. Again, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were witnessing everything before you. It's quite a cool time to be alive, though. This transition, isn't it? Of like, from just the explosion of technology, we were just there before the big bang of tech, basically. And also, I think like another good place to look out for would be the Blockchain Gaming Alliance. Definitely want to look out for. And uh, 
we'll definitely have more details to follow in all these episodes to come, which is great. So, in skills, in regards to skills with blockchain gaming, anything that you need, or if someone's listening, getting interested into blockchain gaming, want to have a look at what's, what's it like to be in it, what skills should they gain to work in this industry? Hmm. Uh, like I normally say to my students, uh, coding is coding. If you learn the language and you, if you understand how it works, it will be easier to adapt to every other language. Hmm. So seeing this, it's the same, uh, actually. If you are a developer entering this world, uh, world <laughs> for the first time, of course, you need to readjust and adapt, but it's still development. Uh, besides the t- traditional uh, roles we have for game develop game de- the development like 3D, VFX, animation, the game mechanics developers or or front end developers. Mm. On top of that, we need to have specialized teams that operate on a back end level to make slash facilitate the integration with uh, blockchain. So mm. if you again, if you ignore this this kind of layer, like I mentioned before, it's actually the same. Yes. It's just adaptation. See, yeah. Specifically the back end you need to look for when you're looking at the blockchain technology. But everything else is just transferred from Web2 games yeah. to Web3 games. Okay, cool. And I suppose when scaling these games in the industry, how is it? How, how do you scale games in the industry for blockchain? I believe this is no different than a non-blockchain game. Um, mm. You can have your idea, a good product, a good business plan, use the right tools and such, but there's always the other part, which is communication, marketing. Uh, when I was entering this game industry, um, there was this sentence uh, that glued to my mind. I don't recall where or from whom I read it, which says, if a game costs you X to develop, you should at least spend twice the amount to promote it. At least. Yeah, I, I, I totally believe that as well, because like, you'd see a lot of businesses out there as well that did all that investment coming in to develop something and having no budget then for spreading it out. Exactly. You can make the biggest idea and the best idea in the world, but if you can't get it out to people, they don't know it's there. Yeah. You simply yeah. have the best game that no one, no one knows exists. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's a very good point as well. I like that. Very simple yet effective. So like for Web3 Gaming then, there's tools needed. So what is needed to participate in Web3 Gaming? Yeah, there's a lot of tools available to, to make everyone's lives easier. Uh, for example, just from the top of my head, we have MetaMask, a browser-based blockchain wallet, NFT storage, designed to facilitate off-chain NFT data storage, Chainstack, Morales, and so on and so on. Uh, the important thing to retain here is uh, to understand what you are going to develop in which blockchain and try to adopt the most suitable technology. Yeah, great point. I suppose anything AAA out there already on the bandwagon? Yeah, there's some major studios, companies already on top of of that. Um, For example, just to mention 
Saga announced the collaboration with a Japanese blockchain company to do a game based on Son Goku-shi Tyson series. Oh, nice. Uh, I guess it's natural. Uh, blockchain provides several advantages, like it's a safe and secure environment to develop and launch games and subsequently monetize them. Uh, cryptocurrency can make in-game purchases uh, easier. Yeah, exactly. Like, like when you are thinking of blockchain gaming, there's, there's so many advantages for the player. Like, and not just the player, but also the company making the games. It's kind of a, it's a benefit all type of party, like in terms of security, immutability, or the transfer of assets. It's fascinating where this is going to go. And from looking at projects that I've seen, and I'm curious to find out what the projects that you've been on. So like, could you talk about some projects that you've been working on? Yes, I can. Um, I've been working uh, two different projects, Mixmob and Zulana. Two games uh, with distinctive gameplay and somehow distinctive uh, NFT sales approach, but both very interesting projects to be working on. And as a player NFT, uh, player slash NFT fan, cool projects to keep an eye on. For example, Mixmob is a racing game. They sell this idea of a mixed uh, culture. Uh, it's yeah. a futuristic. It's futuristic and funny. Simple mechanics, but very engaging and effective for its purpose, uh, which is again a vehicle to to sell uh, NFTs. Uh, Zulana, it's a strategy game. It has a real cool tactical combat system, which gives an extra depth to the use of resources you gather to build up your uh, your army. Yeah, and it looks great. Like I, I was looking at Zulana there now, and it's like a big, massive, utopian world. Like yeah, you see utopian. Here. Yeah, exactly. And you can Antro- be anthropomorph uh, class, class, and you can yeah. like choose your tribe, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's that's great. I, I I love the ideology. Yeah, but but Zulana, but actually, both games they have very interesting uh, lores. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, mixed mob lore is very interesting, uh, which makes sense actually because since the the lore of a blockchain game, it's the best channel to enhance the the NFTs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of making it, giving you the identity in the game, and I suppose it's interesting as well with NFTs is using it in the development of a game. It's kind of like. Because the traditional free to play free to play game, you can you need like venture capitalist funding, get all the money at the start, grow your your process, develop it, and then create it, market it, and then you can start seeing some money coming in for the game. Where it's kind of like with blockchain gaming, it kind of has another advantage again that you can have more funding and a minting of NFTs, which is, could be earlier in the development phase rather than the finished phase post production. Yeah. Has that been very different for your role? Has that been very strange? Or tell me about it. Mm, good question. Uh, actually, this this uh, happens more from the client side. Uh, mm. It's almost like a project inside a project. Um, right. And now I was you was, you were explaining this, and in my head I was just thinking, yeah, this is very similar to a to crowd crowdfunding campaign where you have. Uh, the players 
mm. already investing, uh, uh, believing in the project in advance and giving their money in advance so the studio can develop their own game. This, again, is very similar if we think uh, about it in these terms. I guess. Yeah, you kind of you could see that already with like indie games that like they kind of show a little snippet of the game that they're developing, and if it really really gets attracted to players, they would set up a GoFunding, yeah, a crowdfunding event. And I suppose the only difference then is the technology behind how it's funded, where you can yeah, mint your NFTs, yeah. where you actually claim assets from the game rather than just throwing money together, investing it, and hoping for the game to be released. Yeah, so it's. It's cool. It's even more beneficial. Yeah, exactly. It's, nice it's more about the type of reward than uh, uh, that the player will, will receive. The, the, the main difference will be here. And of course, the technology, technology uh, behind it, like you mentioned. Brilliant. And I suppose, like, when I think of blockchain gaming now, the closest thing I can think of where we're going is that film Ready Player One. Have you seen that film? Oh, not yet, not yet. Oh my God, watch it. Because I reckon we're going to be there in five years' time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's such a good film as well. I love that show. So many game references. and uh, you, you definitely love it. Thanks so much for your time here and answering all those great, interesting questions. And we wish you all the best in the future for this year. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a nice talk. Lazaro, you legend. Well, there you have it, folks. That is all we have for the first episode of the Blockchain Gaming Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on our socials, which are in the links in the description below, and we'll chat again with you on the next episode. Don't forget to check on our other show, hosted by yours truly, the Magic Media Podcast. And most of all, enjoy the rest of your day. See you later.